But first, more details, I would argue not nearly enough, but more, are coming out about two disturbing incidents yesterday afternoon at two Fraser Valley prisons. Both occurred at about 5 o'clock. While little is being said about the cause of these two violent attacks, we do know that gangs are making things a great deal more dangerous in our province. Here are the facts as we do know them about what happened yesterday, and these have been confirmed by the paramedics. The paramedics say they got uh, calls to the Kent Institution, that's the maximum security one in Agassiz, five ground ambulances and two advanced care paramedic responder units came in. The paramedics cared for and transported three patients to hospital. Their condition? Critical. Paramedics also received a call at about oh, 10 minutes later. In Abbotsford, half an hour away, another federal institution, the Matsqui Medium Security Institution in Abbotsford, Two ambulances responded, paramedics cared for and transported two patients to hospital. No word on those two's conditions, no word on anybody else who wasn't treated. But those are the facts as we know them. We don't know what this is all about, but context here is important. It's happening at the same time that we do know that there is more gang violence, more drug violence in the province, and certainly, without a doubt, a lot more violence in our prison system. So with that in mind, we're going to bring in our guest, John Randall. He is with the Union of Correction Officers Canada, the Pacific Region President. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for spending some time with us. And it is going to be a story that we're going to continue to follow. And I promise I'll even check in with you over on the weekend just to see if there are any more updates. But what more do we know about what's happening at these two federal institutions after what happened last night? And what can you say to your members who are responsible for corrections, uh, keeping everything in, in control? Well, right now we don't know a lot of information. The CSC isn't releasing a ton of information yet. They're conducting their own investigation. But we do know that it was uh, two simultaneous attacks. So it happened uh, at pretty much the same time at, at both those institutions that you had mentioned, um, which is fairly rare for us to see a coordinated attack like that. Um, and it, it really goes to show the state of what our prisons are in right now. And and I've talked about it on this show on with CKW before, and and it's the cell phones and the drugs and the and the weapons that are coming in through drones, which are really creating this dangerous subculture. Which you know, in in the union's opinion, is is what this current situation uh, is all about. Let's talk about the danger involved here, because quite often when a statement comes out, we talk about who has been treated, and in this case, it doesn't look like there were any corrections officers. But they're going to be right in there right away. That puts them in danger. Let's be sure of that. Are you totally, concerned? Um, What's being done? And, and there's more of this happening. Yes. Well, the violence is at an all-time high. Uh, you know, I've been in corrections now for uh, just about 15 years, and it's the highest I've ever seen it. Um, so that's the, the scariest part. The level of weapons that they have now because of drones is, is not the traditional prison shank that we've seen in the past. Like we're seeing actual knives making their way into institutions, actual pocket knives and, and things like that. So that's causing a, a whole new set of, uh, of challenges for us. 
And you're right, our members get in there and, you know, they have to respond to a knife fight. They have to jump in and stop a knife fight from happening. So there is the risk of them getting injured. But in all that, I think it speaks a lot to what we do because this is a serious, serious incident. Uh, and the fact that no inmates uh, were, were killed in this uh, goes to show the level of first aid they received on scene until paramedics arrived. And the level of response was, was excellent. So, uh, you know, hats off to our members. Uh, they did an excellent job. And, but I think that it, it's, it's a telling uh, picture of what's happening in our prisons and the level of violence. John, do we know for sure nobody was killed? Uh, yes, nobody was killed. Okay, well, that is good news indeed. But when I see that three at Kent were in critical condition, and my hat's off to all those that have to step in in a situation like this, critical condition means lives could have been lost in that incident alone. Now, you mentioned the old days of uh, Shanks, and I think of, uh, you know, Sons of Anarchy and things like that that happen on TV. That's my only knowledge of it. Of course, you know the system. But it used to be that somehow they would make their way into prisons. Uh, how was, what was the old system? How would weapons get into prison or would they actually be carved or molded within a uh, prison setting? Well, the old, old way or the old corrections, like you said, they would have carved it right there. They would have literally taken a toothbrush uh, or a piece of fencing or a piece of metal and, and spent time and carved it. So that was what you saw in movies is actually what happened. But now with the advancements of technology, they don't need to do that anymore because legitimate knives are getting dropped in uh, from the sky. Yeah, and we have heard the stories and certainly seen examples of what drones can do. And we know that drones have been used right here in B.C. Is that still a situation? If we know it's been used, have we stopped it? It is still a, a huge situation, um, probably more prevalent even today than it has been a month ago. Um, and right now, we still don't have the technology we need. We're still relying on uh, correction officer diligence and searching and, and intelligence. Those are our, our tools that we're relying on right now. A drone over a prison, why can't we just shoot the bloody things down? <laughs> that is something that we're asking the Correctional Service Canada and the Government of Canada on a daily basis. And what sort of answers are you getting? I, I mean, I don't mean to be facetious, but I kind of do. It seems to it, me that there's got to be a way to stop that. It's not like they're uh, happening without somebody looking out for them. Uh, that's the person receiving whatever they're dropping. So what resources can be added to this? What sort of response are you getting when you put out a request for more? Well, the technology is there. It, it, it exists, and we have companies that... We, uh, the union has spoken to that are willing to come in and they can have the prison all set up and we can have a detection system and an uh, anti-drone system in place. It would probably take them no time at all, but it's the bureaucratic red tape that we're stuck behind with all the government regulations and procurement processes. And, and that's what we're being told right now is that's where the hiccup is. We're talking with John Randall, Union of Correctional Officers of Canada, the Pacific Region President of the Union. This after two simultaneous incidents, uh, one over at Kent, the maximum security prison in the Agassiz area yesterday. Uh, the other over at the Masque Institution in Abbotsford happened at about 5 o'clock. Two different attacks in Agassiz, three in critical condition, and two seriously hurt for sure at the Masque Institution. Not much more is known. Uh, but, John, getting back to the questions about what can be done with drones, uh, you seem to know a little bit more than I do about the technology that can be used to counter it. What sort of expense would we be looking at? Because it comes down to money, I guess. 
Well, I guess it's all relative, really, because the amount of money you're putting in when you have to do searches or when you have incidents like this far trumps the money you'd spend on on a system itself. So, uh, you know, yes, it costs money to put the systems in, but the overall operational cost would be way less if we had the system. So you have to look at it that way. I don't know the exact cost of installing one of these systems, but I can tell you that it would be far less than looking at even the cost of that incident uh, just yesterday. Um, when you look at having a call in emergency response teams and all the correctional officers spent out at the hospital on overnight escorts. So there's, there's a huge uh, factor there. John, if you don't mind, I'd love to keep you around for just a very short break. Come back and ask you a little bit about uh, how things have changed for your members in the past couple of years as we've seen an increase in drugs and the gang conflict in the province. So stay with us if you don't mind. It'll just be a few minutes and we'll come back. Sounds good. Thank you.